show. It's Dylan James. JT Taylor's across the table from me. And this is Out of Bounds. So one of the biggest things coming out of this week was the NFL Combine that ended. It wrapped up. We have some big news to talk to you there. Some good prospects coming out. We saw some good. We saw some bad. Really bad. But at the end of the day, I think there are some guys that did well when it comes to their draft stock. So that's a good thing. They moved up on the list. And one of those players was right here in Central Florida, which we'll talk about him momentarily. But that's one of the biggest pieces of news we'll talk about today. Talk about basketball, talk about hockey, talk about, you know, the 10-game win streak the Predators are on right now, whatever. It's fine. So it's a big stuff today. JT, how was your weekend, your week? Did you uh, do anything sports-related this week? No, I did... uh... Watched the Orlando City game this past weekend, um, and not too busy work schedule this week. Uh, finished up my coordinating training, so that's out the way. So, pretty light week, catching up on sports news, a lot of stuff to talk about, but a good week. How was your week, Dylan? It was good. It was good. We um, actually had Ann Bailey's parents here. Her whole family was here, actually. We went to go see Lion King at the Dr. Phillips Center, which was fantastic. So good. I felt like I had a continuation of Wakanda Forever by people going to see Black Panther first, and then those people who went to go see Black Panther also went to go see Lion King. So everyone was dressed up in their in their African garb. It was it was really really cool. Um, but it was a great show, though, fantastic show. If you have not gone and seen it yet, go because it's it's very very good. I don't know when it runs till, but it's here for like two months whenever it comes to Florida. So. Definitely go check it out. And we went to the parks a lot. You know, just did several things like that. Went to a friend's house last night to go see the Ducks game. Ducks versus Preds game and watched his Ducks fall to my Preds. So it was good stuff this week. Very, very good. But anyway, we can jump right into the news if you'd like to. So let's go over to the NFL. Like we were talking about before, the NFL Convine. The Combine. Confine. Combine wrapped up this weekend and JT what were the what were the biggest storylines coming out of the combine for you well unfortunately for the NFL there was a lot of negativity stuff that happened for the NFL combine with some of the players getting some weird questions did you hear about Darius Geis well yeah specifically one player got really really weird questions and he actually told the media about them he actually got asked by a single NFL team if he liked men. And he also got asked if his mom sold herself. Which, there has to be some context there. But with the combine, Dylan, this stuff happens like every year, it seems. It does. It does. Has the NFL not got the bevel? Like, why would you ask questions like these? Well, first of all, I I was on the brink of actually putting that NFL team as my loser this week because we all know that team is going to come out. Oh, yeah. Even if we don't get that information, the NFL will get that information. And once they do, that team is going to get fined or something. Something's going to happen. I was no. listening to a sports show the other day, and they were talking about these interviews. And they said, you know what? If we had like a stenographer in the room for these interviews, if, we, if they knew they were being recorded, these questions would not come up. This kind of situation would not be anywhere near reality. I, I think that they need to rework this process. It's been a long process. It's been done for many, many years now at the scouting combine. And I think it's a time for a change. Yeah, Dylan, not only that, but we also heard about um, we also heard about uh, Josh Rosen, the quarterback from UCLA. There was talks yesterday about the NFL is concerned about all the philanthropy work he does in the California area and that you know he's, he's a rich kid and that he doesn't work as hard that he's soft all these things and then you know there was talk about the quarterback from Louisville Lamar Jackson that apparently people were telling him he's supposed to be a wide receiver and he's like no I'm not I'm supposed to be a quarterback that's what I've been working my whole life for I think Tim Tebow can relate to Lamar Jackson definitely so because I mean that situation is pretty much identical I think that I understand why teams were asking Lamar Jackson to 
train as a wide receiver or or try to prove himself as a wide receiver. Because the thing is, right now in the NFL, can you think of a single team that is in dire need of a, of a quarterback? Besides the Browns? Besides the Browns, which they're, <laughs> uh, they're in a constant state of needing something, specifically a quarterback. But do, do you know of any other team out there right now? The Broncos. Well, but Kirk Cousins... Well, last I checked, we'll talk about him in a minute. He's near his list to two teams, and the Broncos weren't on the list. Well, I mean, money talks at this point. I, I think I think Kirk Cousins, yes, he might narrow it down to, to a few teams, but if a team comes in there and says, hey, look, I will give you all this money. And also, we don't know the persuading power of John Elway. We kind of do because we got he got Peyton Manning in Denver, and that was a huge move for the Broncos. So I... I would not count out the Broncos yet. I would count out the Broncos once Kirk Cousins signs a contract elsewhere, but I would not count out Kirk Cousins yet. Yeah, Dylan. Well, on some positives with the NFL Combine, uh, our, boy, our boy here of UCF, uh, Shakeem Griffin, he really impressed the Combine this past week. I saw some videos of what he did on uh, Twitter and how much he benched and everything. I was like, wow, this guy's really been good in the NFL. And he wasn't the only UCF guy that's been making news. Uh, Traquan Smith, Mike Hughes, there are another one, Jordan Akins. There are other ones that are trying to make a splash in the NFL. So those guys have done really well to impress their stock in the drafts. And I think who we spoke about, Lamar Jackson, even though they were talking about him being more safe, he's really impressed his stock in the combine this past week as well. So... Some, some NFL players, prospects, had a really good week up there in Indianapolis. Well, first of all, talking about Lamar Jackson, I believe his stock got pushed up not because of his play, but because of JT Barrett's play. Because JT Barrett was awful. Absolutely. He was just garbage on the field. And he could not throw the ball where he needed to throw it at all. He was under-throwing balls. He was, he was just not communicating with his wide receivers. It was just not good for him. But going back to Shaquem Griffin, Shaquem Griffin actually ran a 4.3840, which is the fastest recorded 40 in the scouting combine for a linebacker in the past like 15 years. That's definitely faster than Roger Goodell's 40, that's for sure. Yes, it is. Also Rich Eisen's uh, 40 <laughs> as well. But yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible to see what this guy's doing, what, what this guy did at, this ca- at the combine. I highly, I believe that Shaquem Griffin will go probably in the third round or so, but he's going to do a lot of good things for his team. Whoever drafts him, I think will have a really, really good player. He can, he's very versatile. I I think he can pretty much go anywhere and be successful. So good luck to Shaquem because I, I think that would be a really, really cool story to see him go from UCF and being a player who does not have a left hand, who got his left hand amputated when he was a child, and go to the NFL and get drafted. Because at first, they didn't even think he was going to get drafted. So, good for him. Fantastic for him. Definitely, Dylan. Well, let's move on to uh, Kirk Cousins, because there was rumors this past week that he's narrowed his choices to two, two teams. So, apparently, it's the Vikings and the Jets, who he's heavily considering offers from. Now, we know we talked about this earlier. You said money talks. So, who knows? Maybe a wild card team like Arizona comes out of nowhere and says, you know what? We're going to break the bank and just give you the money to have you come to Arizona. Or who knows? But Kirk Cousins, I mean, the Vikings, I can see him as a good fit there. I, I can see him as a really good fit there. They play in the Dome. He's going to, you know, balance that offense because they need a mobile quarterback and someone who can stay in the pocket and throw deep long passes. So, I think Kirk Cousins would be a good fit for the Vikings. The Jets, mm, I don't know. I know the Jets have a good defense, but their offense has really sputtered this past season, Dylan. And I don't know, depending on who the piece, because free agency starts in a couple days, I believe. So depending on what pieces they can make, maybe some trades, give them some weapons, maybe they might be good. But we'll have to wait and see on that, Dylan. But Kirk Cousins, he's definitely making a noise this going off season because he's going to be the domino. Wherever he goes, it's going to affect everybody else. I believe he's so. A quarterback. I believe so too. I think the Vikings, as of right now, there was a report that came out a few days ago that he was offered. $90 million guaranteed from the Vikings from a contract that they were trying to offer him. If that's if that's accurate, if that actually happened, 
the Vikings are going to be a really, really good spot for him. Because simply because they were a Super Bowl contender last year. that they, they almost got there. that They were on the cusp of going to the Super Bowl. But we have to look back on when Brett Favre was with the Vikings. Brett Favre went to the NFC Championship game. And the next year he said, you know what? I'm not going to retire yet. I'm going to play one more and you were the Vikings. Because we're that good of a team. And we're going to go to the Super Bowl this year. Well, that didn't happen. He got slung around. He got thrown to the ground. He got pummeled that year. Actually didn't play many games. Didn't play the whole 16. And so he retired without a ring um, on his finger from the Vikings. So you got to look at that too. You got to look and see, you know, are they going to have the same success they had last year? Do they have the same pieces in place they did last year? Or did they improve the way they were supposed to this offseason to get to the Super Bowl next year? So those are some big question marks in Minnesota. I think that that would be a really good fit for Kirk Cousins, especially with the money. I mean, I, I think Kirk Cousins does want to have, to have success, especially a ring on his finger from the Super Bowl. But we'll just have to wait and see. I, I think that this is going to be a huge waiting game to see where Kirk Cousins lands. And he is going to be the benchmark when it comes to contracts for quarterbacks. I, I think he will be paid handsomely for his talents. If Jimmy Garoppolo got that huge contract, I mean, I I just can't even imagine Kirk Cousins' contract because Kirk Cousins has a body of work that is very, very impressive, and most teams overlook it. But I think Kirk Cousins can do really, really good things in a different location, and I just think that when he was with the Washington Redskins, he just was not being utilized properly. But still, he was still putting up great numbers. So... We'll just have to wait and see on that one. Definitely, Dylan. All right, Dylan. Let's move on to the Pacific Northwest up in Seattle. As we had a trade that happened this past week as the Seahawks. As you mentioned, they're breaking up their defense, apparently, as they have traded Michael Bennett to the Philadelphia Eagles for Marcus Johnson and a draft pick. I don't think this is the last that we'll see from the Seattle Seahawks in the offseason. Well, all the Richard Sherman news, that's also another possibility. Richard Sherman thinks he's going to be traded within the next few days, which I would not be surprised. I mean, there was talk about this last year. I don't know why they were freaking out about it right now, because everyone really thought that he was going to be gone last year. The Titans thought we had a really good shot of getting him last year. So I think that Richard Sherman's time in Seattle is drawing to a close very, very quickly. And other players are going to be leaving with him as well. What's going to happen to Cam Chancellor? I mean, what's going to happen to their whole defense? I mean, that the Legion of Boom is now the Legion of Gloom. I mean, it changed very, very quickly. And just by that one trade, it just has set off a trigger in that organization to where no one feels safe right now in that organization. And I think it's just going to be even more trades, even more releases in the next few days and um I, I don't know i mean you know they're i don't know what they're doing I, I guess they're trying to get some draft stock and get some you know money in exchange for some of these players but you know i it's going to be hard for them to rebuild that defense to where it was even though the past few years i understand why they're doing it because the past few years that defense has not been as good but richard sherman has been a shutdown corner his entire career and he's 30 now. He's about to be 30. So I understand he's getting older, but still, I mean, if he's still producing, I don't know why you're getting rid of him. I think that you need to keep some of those veteran players from your team to build up the new players, the rookies, and teach them the offense, teach them, teach them the playbook. Because I think that with Pete Carroll, he's going to keep the same system in place. He's going to keep the same scheme in place. So... I don't know why you'd be getting getting rid of all your players, but Richard Sherman, man, he he's quickly um, getting the boot there in Seattle, and it's going to be in the next few days when we'll see it. All right, Dylan. Well, speaking of the NFC West division, another team that is making moves on their defense, the LA Rams. They made some big moves the last couple of, this past week as they. One, traded Alec Ogletree to the New York Giants. They traded him for two draft picks. And this move, Dylan, to me, I feel like the Rams, they had an impressive season. Their defense was killing it last year. 
Whoever had the Rams defense on their fantasy team, wow. They were getting whipped all over the place. And it sounds like to me, Dylan, Wade Phillips, because he's the current defensive coordinator for the L.A. Rams, is making some moves to get players that better fit his system to make the Rams more quicker on defense. And I think, Dylan, that's why we got the breaking news yesterday that they acquired Aqib Talib from the Denver Broncos. That's a huge move. Huge, huge move. Huge, yeah. It definitely is. Aqib Talib brings a a hard-nosed, you know, a hard-nosed skill into that defense very, very quickly because he is such an aggressive player. He's a very good player. Um, he's a trash talker, definitely so. We've seen that over the past few years. When he was with Denver, when he was with the... Um, you know, just, just several the Patriots, Patriots the yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, he he is a hard nosed player, definitely so. Uh, I think that's a really, really good pick for the for the L A Rams. And Alec Ogletree, I mean, he's a great player. Uh, do we know what draft positions they got? What picks they got with that trade? Hold on, let me look it up real quick. Okay, but uh, yeah, Alec Ogletree is a great player. It, it, it's like you said. I, I don't think they traded him because he's just not a good player anymore. I think it's because. He just doesn't fit their scheme, you know, as well as he should. So getting those two draft picks is a, is a huge deal for the Rams to try to fill that void. Yeah, the Rams traded Ogletree to the Giants for a 2019 seventh round pick and a 2018 fourth round pick or sixth round pick, depending on conditions. But that's what the Rams got in return. So try and get younger and faster. That's what it sounds like to me. And speaking of an NFL move, uh, Le'Veon Bell, who the Steelers, initially they were saying he was going to hold out, you know, not sign the franchise tag. Well, now apparently Dylan, like Kawhi Leonard, has changed his mind and said he's going to play. Whether it's a franchise tag or if they give him a contract extension, he plans to play this season. So what do you think about that, Dylan? I mean, I don't blame him. I would be playing too because you definitely want to show off to other teams if you're trying to find a new suitor to take over a contract for you or sign you to a new contract. So... It's it's really interesting that whole situation in in Pittsburgh. It seems as though they just don't want to they don't want to keep him for the long term. They they're still trying to figure out if he actually will be a good fit in the future. And I think it's because you see that that with Ben Roethlisberger, he's not going to be there that much longer. I I think that Le'Veon Bell I guess they're trying to see if Le'Veon Bell is good because of Ben Roethlisberger, or is it because he's just that good of a running back? I'm not really sure. He's, I guess they're still trying to see if Le'Veon can prove himself before he gets a massive contract. But, you know, it, it's it's huge news. I, I think that he definitely does need to play this season to show what he's got. And we'll see, especially with the franchise tag number that he's getting this season. For this one season, Le'Veon Bell is getting paid $11,866,000 for one single season. Why would you not play with that kind of money? <laughs> like, come on. I, you can't really be upset at that number, especially him. Because, I mean, this is the second time in a row getting franchise tagged. He, he's pretty much pulling a Kirk Cousins at this point because, I mean, that's huge. It's huge for him. I, I think that's really, really good money for him. He'll be happy with that. But at the same time, he wants to know he's going to stay in one place for a while. And he wants to get paid like a, uh, like an elite running back. And, and he is one, especially with the body of work he's had over the past few seasons. I mean, he's he is a, a killer player. He's, he's doing a great job in the league. He's always he, – he's the first player to average, I think, 130 – 130 receiving or all around yards per game or something like that. So he, he's a great player. I think that it'll be interesting to see if Pittsburgh decides to keep him after this season. All right, Dylan, we're going to move on to some basketball news and Dylan in basketball. We're close March madness. It's almost here. Selection Sunday. It's going to be this Sunday, March 11th. And we have a lot of teams that are still trying to get into the big dance. So here are the teams that are in the, the big dance so far. Limpscomb, they won the Atlantic Sun Conference, so they're in. Radford, they won the Big South. They're in Michigan. The Wolverines, they won the Big Ten Conference this past week up in New York, the Big Ten title. So they will be in the tournament. College of Charleston, they won the Colonial Conference. Wright State won the Horizon League. 
Iona has won the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference and in the Missouri Balance Loyola, Loyola excuse me, of Chicago. They won that conference. LIU Brooklyn, they won the Northeast Conference. Murray State won the Ohio Valley Conference. Bucknell, they won the Patriot League, so they're in. In the Southern Conference, UNC Greensboro, they're in. The Summit League, South Dakota State, they're in as well. And in the West Coast Conference, it's Gonzaga, the Zags, they're in as well. So, Dylan, we got some teams that are on the bubble, like Penn State, St. Mary's, Oklahoma, Syracuse, and Arizona State. So some of those teams, Dylan, have some work to do this weekend in the conference tournaments if they want to make it to the big dance. Teams, though, looks like they're already out. Washington, they lost to Oregon State in overtime, and they've lost six of their last nine. So it looks like the Huskies did not do enough to make it to the tournament. So it looks like they'll be going to the NIT. Some teams that lost, but might be okay. Virginia Tech, this is going to look like they're going to be a fine, Dylan. Uh, you got Virginia. They're still in the race. They play Clemson tomorrow. And then, I'm not sorry, tomorrow. Today, you also got Tennessee, Dylan, your boys. Yeah. playing Mississippi State. And Dylan, uh, last night, Alabama, they came back to win their game uh, last night in a thriller. And they're going to be playing Auburn later today at 1 o'clock. Wow. So, That's going to be a huge game, too. I totally forgot you know, Avery Johnson is coaching that team right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So he's done really good things at Alabama this year. And, I mean, we'll see. If they can beat your boy Bruce Pearl and Auburn Tigers, who knows, Dylan, they might get in if they make some noise. So a lot of big teams that are still in it. North Carolina is in it. They play Duke tonight at 9 o'clock. UCLA, Arizona. UCF, they're still in it. They're the Knights. They're playing the Houston Cougars later today at 9 o'clock. So lots of big games in college basketball going on this weekend. All I know, Dylan, is by Sunday, the tournament will be here. So we'll get our brackets ready. Yeah, we'll get the brackets ready. We'll post it on social media, on our Facebook and and uh, Twitter page and all that kind of stuff. So definitely stay tuned for that because it will be a good year for March Madness. Some crazy stuff going on in, in college basketball, so I can't wait to see what happens in the tournament. It's always a good time to watch that, and you know maybe you might win some money if you have a perfect bracket this year. I don't know if Warren Buffett's still doing his you know perfect bracket gets a million dollars or whatever, but look out for those competitions because you never know. I mean, you know, might as well submit it, go for it. I mean, choose by their jersey color, whatever. Um, go for it and see if you get it because you never know. So. Let's move on to the Houston Rockets. They are streaking right now. They won their 17th straight, and they're closing in on a franchise record of a 22-game winning streak if they win over the Bucks. Uh, no, no they, they win over they the Bucks. They beat Bucks. the Bucks on Wednesday night. and They'll play the Raptors tonight. They'll play the Raptors tonight. It's a big game. And the Rockets, Dylan, they've been on fire. Like I said, they've won 17 straight games. Their franchise record is 22 game, straight games. And the Rockets, remember, Dylan, they went on a streak earlier. They had won 14 games in a row earlier this season. So the Rockets are going on another streak. So that's really awesome. And the Rockets and the Warriors right now are the top dogs in the Western Conference. Battling it out. Yes, sir. And then as you speaking of the Raptors, the Raptors, uh, they had a big game beating Detroit Pistons the other night. And DeRozan, their best player, he got 42 points in that game. Got a win over them in overtime. And the, Rock, the Rockets, the Raptors are on a streak as well. And they'll be playing the Rockets tonight. Uh, on, it's going to be on ESPN, I believe, or TNT, one of those channels. But it's going to be a good game, so you should definitely watch that game. Uh, speaking of the Raptors, Dylan, they became the first team to clinch a uh, playoff spot in the NBA for the playoffs when it starts next month. So the Raptors, Dylan, have done exceptionally well this season. The question is, can they beat the Celtics? Well, the Celtics, they are already punching their tickets to the playoffs. They won last night, and that's when they punched their ticket. So congratulations to them. They did it without Gordon Hayward, which was their big free agent acquisition this past offseason. And, you know, we'll just see what happens with the Boston Celtics. I think they're going to have a really, really strong push going to the Eastern Conference Championship game. And we'll see if they can match up against the Cleveland Cavaliers if the Cavaliers actually get there, which... At the rate they're going right now, they're going to be in the Eastern Conference Championship game. So we'll see what happens with that. And um, it'll be very interesting to watch. I think the Boston Celtics have a really good shot this year, though. Definitely. Another team that we believe has a good shot, the Golden State Warriors, as they defeated my San Antonio Spurs 
110 to 107. Kevin Durant, Dylan, he had 37 points in that game as we lost. And the Warriors, Dylan, they've won seven straight games. And you look at the Western Conference right now, Dylan, a lot of teams are streaking. The Rockets, 17 straight. The Warriors have won seven straight. The Trailblazers have won eight games in a row. The highest team right now is the New Orleans Pelicans. They've won 10 in a row. Although Anthony Davis did go down with an injury, he's day-to-day right now. Yeah, that's very true. So, very interesting. But, Dylan, what's up with your Grizzlies, man? They've lost 15 games in a row. You know, I'm not even paying attention to the Grizzlies now. You're just walking up the Preds. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just right I'm watching the Preds. <laughs> it's still hockey season, so I, I'm, I'm, uh, not watching the, I'm not watching NBA as closely as I should. But at the same time, I'm still watching a little bit of it. Last night, we actually... When I was at my friend's place, he had two TVs up. We had one side was Nashville Predators versus Anaheim Ducks. The other side was the Celtics game at first. And then we watched a little bit of Golden State and um, and the Spurs. So I saw, though, in that game, Stephen Curry actually got injured uh, with his ankle um, last night. So he didn't play all the game last night. But, um, but yeah, the, the Warriors are just one of those teams that even if Steph Curry does go down with injury... They'll be fine. I mean, as long as Steph Curry's in the in the Western Conference Championship game, the Warriors are going to be A-OK, and I think that they're going to have a really good season still, even though the Rockets are a very, very solid opponent when it comes to playing against Golden State. But Golden State's roster, you just cannot go against that. Draymond Green, KD, uh, Steph Curry, players like that, you, Clay Thompson, I mean, it, it's it's a power. It's a stacked team. And it's going to be really hard for the Rockets to beat them in the Western Conference Final. Well, Dylan, at least those teams are doing better. Our Orlando Magic, Dylan, man, they just can't catch a break. There was controversy in Los Angeles the other night when they played the L.A. Lakers. The clock apparently malfunctioned, and the Magic were supposed to get the ball or maintain possession after the clock went but the clock started before the Magic even passed the ball. So basically, as the clock expired, the ball was still in the air. The refs decided not to call the, the ball in the net. And said so the clock had expired with 0.0.6, something like that, left. So they messed up, and the Magic lost. And the Magic, Dylan, man, they're not doing so hot right now. Our points are allowed. We gave them 109.7 points this season. That's 25th in the league, Dylan. And the Magic team, Dylan, it sounds like to me those players, they just want this season to disappear and, like, forget about it because it's just been that rough of a season. And our coach has said, our coach Frank Vogel has said, you know, the refs botched that call. We should have got the ball last night. had an opportunity to win the game. And the Magic, you know, came up short. But the Magic, they can't come with excuses. They got to find a way to turn it around. Aaron Gordon's done well, 18.3 points. And the Magic just going to have to slowly figure it out, Dylan, as we got our next game coming up against, we play the Kings tonight at 10 o'clock. So we'll see if we can turn around. But the Magic just got finished strong this season, Dylan. That's all we can do and get ready for next year. Yep. I mean, they've been getting ready for next year since, like, the 10th game in. Pretty much. <laughs> October was so long ago, we were at the top of the Eastern Conference, and now yep. we've just fallen. A fall not, from grace. They can't get back up, it seems. A fall from grace. All they right. needed a life alert. That's what they needed. <laughs> Push that button, you know. All right, Dylan. Let's move on to some hockey news. And in the NHL... There was news this week as the Carolina Hurricanes had decided to let go their legendary player of the franchise, Ron Francis. He was their GM, and they decided to let him go as the new owner has apparently decided that the team wants to move in a different direction. Wow. So the Carolina Hurricanes, you know, they've been kind of up and down. They have been trying really hard to make a playoff push. Now, they're still in that race, but a lot of people feel, Dylan, that they're not going to sneak into the playoffs where you got teams like the Rangers, the Columbus Blue Jackets, the New Jersey Devils. They're all up there in that wild card spot right now. The Hurricanes, Dylan, right now, they're at 30 wins and 27 losses and 11 OT losses. So it doesn't look like they're going to keep it going. So it looks like to me, Dylan, they're just trying to make some changes and get ready for the upcoming season because, you know, you got a new owner. He's going to bring his own staff, own coach probably, some new players to try to sell more tickets, make this team win again, and try to make him a powerhouse in the Metropolitan Division. Because that's a very tough division right now, dealing with the Caps, the Flyers, the Penguins, the Blue Jackets, the, the 
it's just a very, very – the Devils right now, very, very tough division right now. The, the Hurricanes are always just an afterthought to me, though. I never really think of the Hurricanes until their name is brought up in conversation. It's just they need to change something there. If they want to become contenders for the Stanley Cup or even the President's, tro- the President's Trophy, I mean, I think that they need to definitely do something in that organization to change because – I mean, I'm, they're they're trying. You can tell they're trying, but nothing is working. So it's a good thing they moved on from the GM. I, I think that's that's a step in the right direction. That's always a good thing because having a really good GM, as you see in Nashville, is a really really good thing. So once you get a good GM in place, then they can start putting pieces together. It might take a while. Hurricane fans don't get you know too excited with your new GM because it's going to take a while, but. You know, it's um, it's a process. It definitely is a process, and getting a, a good GM is the first step in that process. Well, speaking of good GMs, Dylan, Steve Eiserman and the Tim Bay Lightning are keeping their solid streak in the NHL. The Lightning, of course, defeated the Florida Panthers on Tuesday night in overtime, 5-4, to four, and they beat the New York Rangers last night, 5-3. to three. They will play the Canadians tomorrow, but Dylan, the Lightning, they've done exceptionally well. Uh, their goalie... Andre Vilaslevsky, I hope I said his name right. He's been battling fatigue injuries, but he's still the top goalie for the Lightning, Dylan. And the Lightning, they've won four straight games. They're atop the Atlantic Division. Dylan, do you really think the Tampa Bay Lightning have a really chance to go for the Cup this year? I think they do. I, th- I th- really think they can. I, Vasilevsky, I believe, mm-hmm. is he needs to work on the fatigue issues. He needs to work on stamina because it looks as though he's kind of getting gassed. Because it is a long season. 82 games is a long season. Although he has not played all 82 games, he's played the lion's share of them. So I believe that he needs to work on that. But if, if he can get over this hump, if he can get over that fatigue he is feeling right now, I think that they have a really good shot at the Cup. Uh, I think they have a really good shot at least um, going to the Stanley Cup final game because the Preds are going to win. But... I really think the Lightning are going to be a really good team, a really good team to be reckoned with, essentially, when it comes to the playoffs. Um, I would not want to face them if I was in the Eastern Conference right now because they're a very strong team. But some advice for Tampa Bay is towards the end of the season, because we're about uh, 16... No, they have 14 more games to play. So, I'm sorry. No, they have more than that. They have... Uh, yeah, 14 games. That's right. 14 games to play before the end of the season. So with those 14 games, I would rest Vasilevsky. At this point, you need to. He's a young kid. He doesn't know He doesn't know the length of the season on his body until he actually rests. And you see it again. Like you said, it's, it's fatigue is what he's suffering from right now. So if he just rests a few games and goes into the playoff fully healthy, content, um, you know, does well in practice, whatever. I think that he'll they'll be okay in the playoffs. But as long as Vasilevsky keeps his fatigue up, I don't know how strong they can be because he has been pretty much carrying that team, even though their offense is really, really good. He carries that team at certain points of the, of the season. So I think that they need to kind of work on that a little bit. But, um, yeah, they're streaking right now. They have 98 points this season. In 68 games, so with 14 games left, they can they can put some more points up on the board. Definitely, Dylan. Well, speaking of putting points on the board, Taylor Hall was on a streak this week. He was uh, going on a 19-game point streak as New Jersey Devils. They beat the Canadians 6-4 to the other night. Now, last night, Dylan, his streak ended as they played the Winnipeg Jets, and they lost that game Three to two, so Taylor Hall his streak has ended. Of course, the Jets winning that was a big win for the Jets because that keeps them in, in pace with the Predators right now, who are just on fire. We'll talk about them in a minute. But Dylan, that's kind of good news for your Preds because you want to take a guess who the Preds are playing tomorrow? The Winnipeg Jets? No, they're taking on the New Jersey <laughs> Devils. Oh, that's right. So, like I said, well, well you were talk- talking about Winnipeg. You yeah. didn't say anything about the Devils. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, that's true, but. That's who they got tomorrow. Um, speaking of our teams, Dylan, so my Washington Capitals, Dylan, the last time we talked about them, we've had uh, three games. So, Indianapolis, in Maryland, at the Navy Stadium on Saturday night, it was the 
Stadium Series, big sellout crowd out there in uh, Maryland. And the Capitals, Dylan, we defeated the Toronto Maple Leafs 5-2. to two. Very entertaining game. Ovechkin got a goal. His 40th of the season, he is 598 in his career. Backstrom got a goal, and Kuznetsov, we dominated that first period. And we were up 3-1. to one. Uh, Maple Leafs came back, made it 3-2, uh, and then we got a, a goal at the end by Jacob Verona to get a push 5-2 in that game. So we did really well on Saturday against the Maple Leafs. And then, Dylan, right now we are on our California road trip. So we went to the Anaheim Ducks, <clears throat> where Disneyland is, last I checked. And, Dylan, they were not giving us any magical favors or anything, tickets, nothing at Disneyland. They were not being nice in the Honda Center as the Ducks shut us out for nothing. I hope he really had a bad game in that game last night against the Ducks. I talked to my boy Mike about it yesterday. I was like, thanks for that beatdown, man. But the Ducks need it because they're trying to make a push in the playoffs. So we lost that game for nothing. And then last night, Dylan, we had a game against the L.A. Kings. And the L.A. Kings, Dylan, pretty much dominated us in that game. Jacob Verona, he got a goal for us, the Capitals. And he's got his 12th of the season now. But the L.A. Kings with a goal from Jeff Carter. And uh, Clifford got an empty net goal at the end of the game to push him over top 3-1. It was a very close game until the end, but Capitals couldn't get it done. Even though with 36 shots, we came up short against the L.A. Kings. So, Dylan... We play the San Jose Sharks tomorrow at 4 o'clock, so hopefully we'll get to bounce back. And then, of course, on Monday, Dylan, we'll try to do you guys a favor because we're playing the Winnipeg Jets on Monday night at home. That'd be fantastic because we win against them. So moving on to the, the second, hottest team in the NHL right now. Hottest team in the NHL, number one team in the power rankings on NHL um, website and also on ESPN. The Nashville Predators, they have scored, they have won 10 games in a row. A 10-game win streak. They are the second team to do that this season. And speaking of which, this, these stats are phenomenal. They've outscored opponents 43-20 to 20 in that stretch. They've scored four-plus goals in eight of the 10 games. They've held opponents to two goals or fewer in seven of 10 games. And 16 players, count them, 16 players have scored a goal in that stretch. Absolutely phenomenal. They're clicking on all cylinders right now. Last night against the Anaheim Ducks, they just handed it to them. They took them behind the woodshed last night because they just kept putting on the gas. I mean, you keep your foot on the gas. The only reason why the Ducks came back, they came back a little bit in the third period. They scored two goals. The only reason why we let them get back is because we took our foot off the gas a little bit uh, towards the third period. We were trying to play a defensive game. Once they started scoring goals again, we said, nope, we're going to shut that down real quick, and we did. And we scored another goal late in the third to make it 4-2 Preds. Phenomenal game by them. Phenomenal stretch by them. And, you know, like I said before, they are clicking on all cylinders. The biggest worry I still have is penalties, although last night they did shore up a lot of their issues. I think I believe they only had one penalty per side last night, which that's kind of strange because Anaheim and the Predators are two are the top two in penalties this season. They have gone with that without a, like an extra man. So they've gone down to five on four play each team over 230 times this season already, which that's a lot of penalties. But I think the National Predators are shoring those up, and they're getting ready for the, the uh, a playoff run. And I think that with this team, with the way it's built, and with the players we have, we have a very, very, very good chance of getting to the Stanley Cup Finals one more time, once again, to play most likely the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't, I don't really see another Eastern Conference team, although your Capitals might have something to say about that in the Eastern Conference. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning are just streaking too. They're doing a phenomenal job. We're keeping pace with them right now, so hopefully we can catch up to them in the point count. But I think that it's going to be an interesting storyline to fin it to follow towards the end of the season. Hopefully we don't win the President's Trophy. I don't want that curse on our head because we all know that once you win the President's Trophy, you can attest to this, JT, that you don't win the Stanley Cup. That's very true, especially for my Capitals. In the modern era, especially the past two seasons, the well, Capitals have the won. Except the Blackhawks. They're the last team to win it. But to be fair, that was a lockout season. And that was a while ago. Yeah, that yeah. was a while ago. So I, I think that as long as we don't win the President's Cup and we keep 
on this rapid pace, uh, I think that we'll be fine in the playoffs. Now it's time for JT's favorite part of the week. It's his football recap, and it is your turn to speak, JT. Thanks, Dylan. And as always, Out of Bounds, we're here to recap the latest from the beautiful game. And as always, we're going to start my weekend recap. As We had two big games that happened this past weekend. Atletico Madrid took on Barcelona, a very close game. And then there's that man again, Messi, gets a goal to get Barcelona the win over Atletico Madrid. And for Lionel Messi, Dylan, this is his 600th career goal in Barcelona for that team. So congrats to Messi for breaking that streak right there. The other big game that happened this weekend was Manchester City taking on Chelsea. The Manchester City got a goal from Bernardo Silva in the 46th minute for them to stay on winning ways and beat Chelsea 1-0. Chelsea, Dylan, they have now lost four of their last five games, and that hot seat is increasing for Antonio Conte. Speaking of hot seats, Arsenal, they got a shocking loss 2-1 on Sunday against Brighton Hove Albion. And Arsene Wenger, they've now lost three straight games, and Arsenal is definitely on the hot seat. All right, Dylan, for Orlando City, we had a big game this past weekend, our home opener against D.C. United. And man, Dylan, this was a very, very tight game, a very entertaining game. Typical Orlando City way to start the game, right? So D.C. United got the first goal from Yamal Osan. He used to play for Atlanta United. Then Orlando City, a player, got a red card. Victor Pagliano-Giro got a red card in the 41st minute. So Orlando, basically for the second half, Dylan, played it down to man. And it looked like, Dylan, we were going to lose the game. Nothing was going to go our way. And then, Dylan, we were playing without Dom Dwyer and Sasha Kleistin. They were both recovering from injuries from the preseason. So hopefully we'll have them this week. So we had to rely on our bench. And Stefano Pino, the man, the former Miami FC player, came off the bench and got a goal right at the death to give Orlando City that 1-1 draw. So that was very exciting for us, Dylan. We got to draw a big point, keep us in the race early on in the season. For Orlando Pride News, Dylan, the ladies, they started their season in a couple weeks. But Alex Morgan, she was recently named on the FIFA Pro Women's World 11 team as Marta as well, the five-time FIFA World Cup Player of the Year for the women. She was named on that team as well. The U.S. Women's team was busy, Dylan. As you probably heard, they had the She's Belize Cup here in Orlando this past week. And the U.S. women, they won. They defeated England 1-0 on Thursday, um, Wednesday night, excuse me, for them to win the uh, She's Belize Cup. So congrats to those ladies getting back that title after letting it go in 2017. All right, Dylan, on to some soccer news. And I must start this with some sad news as over in Italy as ACF Florentina, their captain, Davide Astore, uh, he passed away this past weekend, shocking death. Uh, he apparently passed away in his sleep. And due to the autopsy, they said that it was due to heart-related issues, probably cardiovascular arrest. Uh, but he uh, had passed away. Uh, Syria all had to postpone their games this past weekend. And yesterday, Dylan, in Italy, uh, a lot of players in Italy went to pay their respects. Uh, the fans were chanting, Ciao Asto, Ciao Asto, and our captain forever, paying their respects. So very sad news on that. But... Serie A, they are starting this weekend, so hope those players will be all right as they move forward for the season in Fiorentina. All right, Dylan, NSL League update. As I mentioned, they announced a cancellation of the 2018 season, so a lot of people thought they were, the league was folding. They're not folding. They're basically taking a, a hiatus. Now, for their clubs, the Cosmos are going to not play this year. Puerto Rico FC, after everything happened with Hurricane Maria, they're not playing this year. Uh, Jacksonville Armada and the Miami FC will be playing the MPSL this season. And the league, they're just going to focus on the lawsuit. But the league that's not playing to a league that is playing, the USL, Dylan, your boys, Nashville SC, they got a big game. Final preseason tune-up against Chattanooga FC tomorrow, Dylan. So that will be the final preseason game before they make their debut in the league next week against Louisville City FC, the defending USL Cup champions. You have a Champions League news. We had some big games. Real Madrid, Real Madrid, excuse me, put PSG out of their misery winning that game. 2-1, to one, so they won 5-2 in aggregate. Liverpool and Porto got a 0-0 draw, but Liverpool advanced 5-0 in aggregate. Man City lost to Basel 2-1, to one, but they advanced 5-2 in aggregate. And Tottenham had a 2-0 lead, but then lost, or 1-0 lead, but Juve came back to win that game 2-1. They won that game 4-3 in aggregate. And then, of course, Arsenal shut down AC Milan yesterday to take a 2-0 leg-up series lead over AC Milan. And the Concacaf Champions League, MLS, they went 3-0. 
Seattle beat Chivas, and you got uh, Tigres losing to the Toronto FC, and New York Red Bulls beat Tijuana. So they're up good on the first leg. We'll see if MLS can get it done in the second leg, Dylan. All right, games to watch this weekend, Dylan. We got a big one tomorrow as Manchester United takes on Liverpool. That's going to be at 7.30 a.m. on NBCSN. Then on Sunday, Dylan, Borussia Dortmund takes on Eintracht Frankfurt. That's going to be at 1 p.m. FS2. Inter Milan will take on Napoli. That's going to be at 3.45 p.m. And, of course, over in the U.K., big one, Old Farm Derby. Rangers taking on Celtic. That's going to be at 8 a.m. And that, Dylan, will conclude my football recap of the week. Let's move on to some miscellaneous news. Ichiro returns for his 18th season with the Seattle Mariners on a one-year deal. So huge news for Ichiro and huge news for Seattle. That team's going to be very excited to have him back on their lineup. Yeah, Dylan, I was reading an article on ESPN yesterday. They were talking about his routine. You know, Ichiro, he's very visible with bat. And they were talking about his uh, life growing up in Japan and that he swings his bat. He spends 10 minutes before he goes to bed and spends 10 minutes in the morning like, just working on his bat swing. So and he's 40, I think he's 44, 45. And he says he wants to play until he's 50. So we'll see how it goes, Dylan. But yeah, Ichiro, glad to see him back in Seattle. How does his wife feel about him playing with a bat next to their bed? Before before he goes to bed and then when he wakes up in the morning. That's really weird. They call that bat play? I don't really... I, that's Never mind. Um, anyway, let's go on to Aaron Judge. He will not be defending his home run derby title this year at the MLB All-Star Game in D.C. And do we know why? There's no specific reason why, Dylan. But from what I've heard, a lot of people are speculating because he had a shoulder, a shoulder injury excuse me, that he had to deal with a lot last year. I don't think he wants to risk it. And, you know, the Yankees, they came out short getting to the World Series, losing the Astros. So they really want to keep him healthy, not have him distracted, and have him focus on trying to win a World Series title this year. Yeah, I guess Makes he'd, sense to me. I guess he'd rather throw out his shoulder playing the actual game instead of doing a home run derby contest at the All-Star game, which is, which is understandable. I mean, he still won the title, so he'll still have that in the record books that he won the home run derby title in 2017. So... Good for him. Um, going to former NBA player Steve Nash. He is going to be reporting for Bleacher Report, but not for basketball, for soccer. Yeah, Steve Nash, he owns a part of the team, I believe, in Malaga in Spain. And he's I know he's Canadian, but he follows basketball. He does also, I believe, own a stake with the Vancouver Whitecaps in MLS. So Steve Nash, Turner Sports, because they're getting the Champions League next season from Fox, they're going to have him as an analyst. So... I think it's an interesting move. I mean, even though he's played basketball, but his brother Dylan, he played his brother played soccer, and I believe his dad played soccer as well. So he's very familiar with the game with soccer. So it's gonna be interesting to see how he does covering sport. And Bleacher Report, they're new to the soccer thing, so they kinda need all the help they can get. And Dylan, the NHL, they announced their global series, which means they're gonna have a regular season we're going back to this again, Dylan. They're gonna have some regular season games in Sweden. So the four teams that are going to be starting off in Sweden next season is going to be the Oilers and Devils and the Panthers and the Winnipeg Jets. Hmm. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I wish they would have done this whole international play thing during the freaking Olympics this year <laughs> instead of playing during the regular season. And I, I understand what they're doing. They're trying to promote the sport, which Sweden, though, is a location that they already know what hockey is. They already know what the NHL is. So why are we promoting our brand in a place that already knows who we are? Shouldn't you be promoting the brand like in Australia or a location that has no idea what the sport is? No, I agree, Dylan. I mean, I, mean, I, I just think that's that's the more viable option when it comes to this or the more logical thing to do because you're wanting to spread your brand to other places. I completely understand and especially with us having an Australian player now in the NHL. Nathan Walker, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, I, I think that would have been a good idea. But they didn't ask me again. I mean, they never asked me my opinion. So, Well, Gary Bettman tends to be a little stubborn, Dylan. So, we, we might have to work a little harder to reach out to him. Get his yeah. thoughts on this. Very true. Very true. All right. Let's head on to our winners and losers of the week. JT, I will start with you first. All right, Dylan. Well, my winner this week is ACF Fiorentina. Um, as I talked about in my soccer recap, that their captain, Davide Astori, passed away. But what was sad about this story, Dylan, was the next day after their game this past Sunday that was supposed to be played, they were going to give him a contract extension. 
So credit to ACF Fiorentina. They decide, you know, we'll honor it. We're going to give him a contract extension. But the money is going to go to his his, uh, his late wife and his uh, daughter. They're just going to go to them, and it's all the money's going to go to them and his family. So thanks to ACF Fiorentina, excuse me, for doing that. My illusion this week, Dylan, is going to be the conference basketball tournaments here in college basketball. I don't understand, Dylan, but the Big Ten, their conference tournament is in New York, and they had to play the week early because traditionally Madison Square Garden, Dylan, has the Big East tournament there. So I didn't understand that move. The ACC, their tournament's in Brooklyn, right next door. I'm like, are you kidding me? And most of the teams, Dylan, are like in the southeast. You got the Big 12 in Kansas City, and you got the Pac-12 in Las Vegas. Like, they can't just keep it somewhere in the median to make it easier for teams to get there? I don't get this. I, I don't either. So hey. that's, and I didn't know, Dylan, the SEC, they're usually their championship games in Atlanta. This year, it's in St. Louis. That's uh, – what else is there in St. Louis? There's no NFL team anymore. There's no there, there's no professional sports there except for the Cardinals. And the Blues. Oh, and the Blues. Oh, whatever. <laughs> They're my opponent in the central. I don't really care about the Blues. Um, yeah, I mean, that's it's very interesting the where where they picked these games. I guess they might be wanting to do it more in the format of like the Super Bowl or you know where they bounce to different locations. I'm not really sure what they're trying to do, but I guess that would make sense. Maybe I, you would think they would have a central location though, like you said, especially with the SEC. Why are they playing in St. Louis when Atlanta is the middle of everything? The middle of all those schools. It's the easiest place to look. I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I'll move on to my winners and losers. My winner this week is going to be um, Matt Bryant from the Falcons. He actually signed a three-year contract with the uh, with the Falcons. And they'll pay the kicker $10.5 million. And he says the deal could be boosted to as much as $12 million on incentives per Adam Schefter. So, Huge news for Adam Bryant. Congratulations there. Honorable mention winner this week is going to be my main man, general manager of the National Predators, David Poyle. He hit 1,320 wins this past week, the most by any NHL GM in NHL history. He is the winningest GM in NHL history, so congratulations to him. That's huge news for the organization. And my loser this week is going to be the linebackers coach from uh, the New England Patriots, Brian Flores, because he is given defensive play calling duties. However, he has not been given the title of defensive coordinator. Although you might be upset by this, you should look back at Matt Patricia because a few seasons ago in 2011 when Matt, when, um, when what's his name, Pease actually left, our new defensive coordinator for the Titans, when Pease left and went to Baltimore, Matt Patricia was given the reins of the play calling duties for defense, but he wasn't called the defensive coordinator until 2012. So it's happened before, but it is just still kind of a weird situation going into a season without a defensive coordinator. That's just kind of strange to me. So that was my winner and loser of the week. So let's move on to final thoughts. JT, would you like to start? Well, of course, Dylan, since you kindly ask. So my final thought, Dylan, is going to be about we could have some history in college basketball. As Colorado State, they recently let go of their former coach, Larry Eustachie, and there's been reports in the media the last few days that there's talk that Becky Hammond, our San Antonio, current San Antonio Spurs assistant to Greg Popovich, is rumored to be taking his place. Now, Becky Hammond, he is, she, excuse me, she is, excuse me, a... Colorado State alumna, and she, if she takes this job, Dylan, she would be the first woman's coach to coach a men's team in Division One men's basketball. That's historic, Dylan, especially with yesterday, Dylan, being uh, International Women's Day and everything on social media supporting that cause. That's really awesome. So, Becky Hammond, I mean, if you take a job, I'm going to wish you the, the best of luck. Uh, I love you coaching the Spurs as an assistant coach and what you did with the G League team over the summer. But uh, you really deserve it. So if you get the opportunity, take it and uh, wish you the best of luck. But that's my final thought, Dylan. Uh, Dylan, what's your final thought? Well, that would be huge if she did get a position at Colorado State. That'd be fantastic for her. My final thought goes out to the Welcome Homies softball team. We actually won the other night against the Electric Mayhem on Tuesday night. And I was not there. I was actually at the performance of the Lion King. I got a text message that night from a player on the team stating that 
They had won. I said, great. What's the score? They told me it was 34-3. to They stopped the game after three innings because we scored so much. <laughs> so... Obviously, <laughs> our team is actually better than I thought we were. I mean, if you're listening to this and you're on the team, don't get me wrong. I mean, you guys are f- fantastic. But, and I know you guys were good players by watching you in practice. But still, we demolished them. So good for them. Congratulations to the Welcome Homies. And we'll see more of that this season. So thank you once again for listening to the show this week, guys. You can follow us on Facebook, Out of Bounds with Dylan James. On Twitter, Out of Bounds. It's OOB Podcast. On Twitter, you can also email me at Dylan at com. You can email JT at JT at com. Give us some feedback, comments, concerns. Um, we always try to gear this show towards you. We try to add new elements to the show. So if you have any ideas, let us know. JT, anything else before we leave? You can follow me on Twitter at JTSocka88. That's at JTSOCKA88. And you can follow me as well, Dylan underscore James on Twitter. Thanks for listening to the show this week, guys, and we will see you all next week. Seven Sports Talk. WBLZ Sports. We've got balls. I'm Stephen Jodderin from Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Hi, I'm Armand Kafai. Be sure to give us a listen for the best coverage in American soccer. Follow us on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod and give us a subscription on iTunes and Google Play. You don't want to miss it. Gen Service offers complete electrical service with a reputation based on quality. Turn to them for residential, commercial, and industrial electrical service. Doesn't matter if it's new construction, homes, electrical panels, hot tubs, generators, or a commercial rewire. The Gen Service team is licensed, bond, and insured to put your electrical concerns at ease. For an electrical contractor with 25 years of service, give Gen Service a call at 740-438-7173. With over 30 years of experience, the smart people call on Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing. Interior, exterior, commercial, or residential, Doug Peffer does it all. Is your house looking ugh? Then call on Doug. Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. Mention WBLZ Sports and you'll receive a special We've Got Balls discount. That's Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. We are not Vegas, guys. We're just two guys from South Carolina. Making our picks. Doing what we love. That's it. No bunkum, no bullshit. We don't have credit cards at the day. We're not hanging out with Frella Mafia. Even though we wish we were. The Burger and Badass Show. Thursday night from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And Saturday morning from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Exclusively on WBLZ Sports. We got the balls. Danny, I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get you the ball. Are you going to get me the ball? Oh, I'll get you the ball. Get you the WBLZ Sports. I hope he doesn't kill somebody.